The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 6.30 Chad. Pull your Irving. Cross ice. Open man. Larson. Wrist shot. Save. Markstrom. Rebound. Score. Pulley Arby. Bounces on the rebound and fires it home. He's got a goal and an assist tonight. And the Edmonton Oilers are back in front. 3-2. to two With a minute six to go in the second. That's Pulley Arby's ninth goal of the year. Yes, he Pulley Arby has played 58 NHL games. That was his best tonight. He finishes with a goal and two assists as the Edmonton Oilers come out of their bye week with a 5-2 decision over the Vancouver Canucks. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 10:56 Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. The Oilers led this 2-0 after the first period. Vancouver came back, two goals in the first nine minutes of the second frame, but the Oilers kept pounding away. They had a lot of good scoring chances. Blue Yarvi got that game winner with a minute six left in the second period. Then early in the third, he sets up Dreisaitl, who pounded a one-timer past Markstrom on a two-on-one, and Maroon sealed it with a late empty netter, his second of the game. Well, Rob, a year ago, Jesse Pugliarvi was uh, back down in Bakersfield after being used very sparingly by head coach Todd McClellan when he was in the game. Pretty good so far this year, and a great game by him tonight, and I don't think we'll be seeing him used sparingly anytime in the <laughs> near future. Well, well, certainly not in a, in a game and in a stretch now that the Oilers need secondary scoring, especially with RNH out of the lineup. You need players to step up. And Pugliarvi, who has played uh, fairly well as of late, hasn't been uh, putting points on the board, but he's he's been some. There's been consistent play at both ends of the rinks. You feeling good about his game tonight? He breaks out, and uh, he and Leon had some sick chemistry going on tonight. Uh, they moved the puck well. There was one play uh, later in the game where the puck came out to dry settle in front. He just kind of touch pass it. He could have put the puck on that, but a little touch pass set Pugliarvi perfectly up for a one-timer. Uh, it was a nice save at Markstrom on that one, but they knew where each other was going to be. They knew where to put the puck for each other. Uh, they looked for each other. And then you had Lucic, who I thought had one of his stronger games as of late. So uh, they need to have two lines that can contribute. And I think with the emergence of that line, the way they play, the way they play down below the tops of the circles because they're big and they're strong and they're physical and you throw pucks on net, they can be successful. But to me, Pugliarvi was the best player for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Connor McDavid was very good early. Pugliarvi was very good all night long. Well, I, I'd actually even take that a little further, Rob, that I I, I would, tonight, mm-hmm. I thought that was the Oilers' best line. Oh, if not even at, close. If you look at the whole game, yep. I mean, certainly McDavid, Maroon, and Kajula by no means had a bad game, and in the first period, they were the best line, but the Dreisaitl, Lucic, Pugliarvi were pretty consistent. They, they were forechecking. Uh, I mean, Lucic uh, was involved as well, and you you hit the nail on the head that if, if the Oilers have any chance, any chance to keep their slim hopes alive of the playoffs and of going on a run, and they don't have Nugent Hopkins, it, it can't be McDavid and whoever he is with, and then Dreisaitl, and then, and then eight other guys who aren't, aren't contributing. Because 
it'd be great to have three lines that can score, but let's be realistic. Not a lot of teams have that no. in the in the NHL. And I think we'll talk about Strom and Kara as we go along today too. But if but if Puliyarvi plays like that and he's the winger, whether he's with Drysital or whether he's with McDavid, I mean, I don't see any reason to to, to mess around with the lines after this game. But but that's that's going to be the key to have six, you know, at least six forwards that can go out there and, and be dangerous offensively. Well, it is. And, and I think that Patty Maroon talked about it afterwards with his interview with Jack and Bob is, uh, yes, he's feeling more comfortable. And, and I can just imagine you're going over to another country, can't speak the language, you don't understand uh, what's going on in the dress room, the, the innuendos, the little jokes, stuff like that. You're out on the ice, sometimes you feel isolated, you feel alone, and things aren't going right for you. It's got to be tough. And here's a young kid that is it's learning to find his way, and he's starting to get comfortable in the dressing room. He's, his English is getting better. He's starting to fit in a little bit more, and that translates uh, into what you do on the ice. Uh, he just looks more confident. And this game is, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you have no confidence, you're not going to be successful. So he's got a, he's a kid with talent. He's a kid right now with confidence. And he's also playing with a guy in Leon Dreisettle that can make players look better. And tonight they made each other look very, very good. And they were, you're right, they were the best line on the ice by far. 5-2, the Oilers take it. That means you can go to the Oilers page on 630ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. I think we see with Pugliarvi, too, as he's coming along here, he, you know, he has good hands. He's he's a huge guy, mm-hmm. and but he can make deft plays. We saw him on the play. He set up Kara tipping the puck through Sedin's legs, and then and then making the pass down low. And I think as much as he excites fans, and rightfully so, to perhaps one day become a weapon who can score from mid or even long range, especially on the power play, because you know the Oilers have lacked a, a deadly one timer on the power play. For a for a long long time, unfortunately, there's certainly that appeal and that and that future there. I think for him, and when we see him try to snap quick shots from the from the outside, and he just missed that one timer in the second period, the dry side will set him up for. But the the goal tonight, and we've seen other goals where he's scoring on rebounds. You know, he doesn't. And and McClellan has said he's worked on that. Don't skate by the net. Get there and stay there. And then the size and the hands really become a deadly combination when you're in tight. And it's funny. You think, well, stop on net, that's easy. When you're momentum, when you're a guy going 30 miles an hour, going in towards a net, your momentum's taking you past the net. And then you usually have a body or two that is helping to guide you away from that. It's not easy standing in front of the net on a, on a scoring chance and staying there. But he's a big man that's able to do it. Now, also, there's a lot of big guys that can stand in front of the net. And the rebound comes out, and they get the puck, and they shoot it at the pads. They get the puck in, they shoot it at the pads. It's still not easy scoring. Just because you're standing in the blue paint and the puck's there doesn't mean you're going to put the puck in the net. So now you add the fact that he's big and strong and can withstand the punishment, but he's also got soft hands. And he's able to uh, have the patience to take that split second longer to put his puck around the pad, to get the puck over a pad, to get it through a skate, over a stick, anything like that. And not... Everyone is capable of doing that because there's usually something that you're missing. You don't have the size to, to withstand the body check. You don't have the, the, the patience to be able to make that extra move. You don't have the, the hands to be able to put the puck where you want. This kid has all of those things, and, and that's why he was such a high draft pick. So we're starting to see glimpses 
of what he's capable of doing. And obviously tonight was a night where everybody's leaving the arena thinking, okay, you know what? The others did get it right on this player, and he is going to be that that, that guy who's going to be a difference maker because tonight he certainly was a difference maker for the Edmonton Oilers. Puliyarvi leads the way. He's the first star tonight. Leon Dreisaitl, the second star. Adam Larson had a good night, an assist and plus four. Rob and I also give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. We have a little more fun when uh, the team wins because we can each pick a diff- different guy. Well, to, to me, uh, and I, I, a player that I thought played very, very well today because he played played how he's supposed to is Zach Gassian. Uh, tonight he had seven hits. He was physical. He was a little nasty. Created a number uh, of, of scoring chances for a guy that's playing, you know, limited minutes. So uh, that is the way that Cassian needs to play. And when he plays like he did tonight, the Edmonton Oilers are a better hockey club. And so to me, the four-star was Zach Cassian. I'll go with Darnell Nurse. Another solid game. Plus four tonight. 23-46 of ice time. Three shots. Got on the power play, which eh, <laughs> they're still working on that. And I, boy, they can pass. Yeah. Boy, they can really pass on that power play. We'll, we'll talk about that as we move along. Oilers win 5-2. If you're on hold, 780-496-0063, please stay there. But right now, courtesy of GCL Diesel for genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Yeah, he's played a, a tremendous game for us. He played strong both ways. He was uh, physical along the boards and won a lot of his battles and uh, he looked confident um, passing and shooting so you know, he ended with, I don't know if he had three points but he probably could add a couple more. He had a glorious chance there late in the third but uh, we're happy for him and um, gaining a lot of experience not only uh, on the ice but with you guys. I saw him on Hockey Night in Canada after and he's doing a tremendous job there too so that would probably give some of the fans an indication of how far he's come because he's still uh, he's still picking up the language, so you can imagine what he was like last year at this time. But how how has he been able to have an impact now that he wasn't in October? What are the things he's doing now that couldn't accomplish in October? Well, he's he's confident to begin with, and uh, since he's come, he's skated and stayed in. Um, I think he understands that now. Um, when you have success as a as a All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan as they win 5-2 over the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Pugliarvi, three points. Maroon, two goals. Lucic, two assists. Dreisaitl, a goal and an assist. Cam Talbot gets the win this evening. He made 25 saves. Jacob Markstrom makes 30 saves on 34 shots. And then the Oilers also got the empty netter. 780-496-0063. Let's bring Robbie onto the show. Hey, Robbie, thanks a lot for calling. Rob Reed, how you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Awesome. Well, you got Robbie here, Adam, Carlos, and Reese. We're all sitting on our ice shack in the middle of the lake. We just want to thank you guys for having a great broadcasting show and a great after show. It's uh, pretty awesome. We can enjoy the Oilers game in the middle of the lake. Diehard Oilers fans, right, boys? Yeah, there you go. What lake are you on? Uh, what's oh, we can't tell you that. It's top secret. Top secret. Top secret. Okay. They don't want to give their fishing hole yeah, away. Yeah, they don't want to give it away. Oh, we can't <laughs> tell you that. Darling. Yeah. But what we wanted to talk about was how, you know, after such a long break, they came back and, and they played hard. They played like they cared. They wanted to win. And and, and it was it was nice to see because usually when they have a long break, you know, Talbot struggles. and But it, it was nice to see something different and, and a lot of effort out there. 
Well, they started the game well, which was nice. <laughs> they scored on their first shot. They uh, There were some sloppy moments, but I, I did think overall, Rob, they were the better team. And really, if you look at the second period, I mean, they they lost the second period 2-1 on the scoreboard, but a big goal late by Puliyarvi, which was a reward for, you know, Cassian shorthanded breakaway, couldn't quite convert. Strom, couple of great chances, didn't quite go in. Uh, Larson hit the post on that on that floater from the outside. So, they, I, I mean, they, they stuck with it. Talbot made the stops uh, stops when they had to. And when they came out of the Christmas break, McClellan said a couple times over the last two days that they, they, made, they weren't, he thought they tried. The effort was there in Winnipeg, but the the men, there were too many mm-hmm. mental errors. We did we saw a few of those tonight, but not not too many. Well, well, no, Vancouver Canucks made more mental errors, and that's why the Oilers were getting the scoring chances they were getting. Um, no game is ever going to be perfect. There's always going to be mistakes made. That's why there's goals scored. But the Oilers cut down, and tonight when they faced adversity, when they uh, they gave up the back-to-back goals in the second period, and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh no, what's going to go wrong now? Uh, they came back, came back with a number of good scoring chances, and then they didn't get frustrated when they didn't go in. Finally, they get rewarded late in the period, and then they just took the game over. So uh, this this season has been a season of ups and downs, and a lot of games when they've gone up or down, and when they hit the down part, it, it's a down part that doesn't get back up again, and they just can't find a way to get through that adversity. Tonight they did, and I think if they're going to be a, a, a team that wants to push at least – make it exciting and think there's a possibility of a playoff team when they face adversity they got to find a way to get through it and come out on the positive 5-2 the Oilers are able to take it tonight Jesse Pugliarvi a big game a goal and two assists five goals for the Oilers means a $125 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. Total for the season now up to $3,250. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Logan standing by. Hey, Logan, thank you for calling. Thanks for having me on, Reed. Yeah. Um, my comment is the night, they had a nice Oilers win tonight. They had a lots of offense. Everyone played hard, good to off the seat. Six days off. They need more rest of the season. Do you guys thought on that? Well, they well they they need a lot more of this the rest of the season, Logan, for sure. I I mean we're we're gonna keep giving you the points. They're they're ten points out of the playoffs. They've played forty seven games, so they got thirty five left. That's an incredibly difficult climb. They're well, going to need almost everything to go right. Yeah, it, almost difficult, everything. Difficult climb to catch one team that's ten points ahead of them. Yeah, they've I mean, got they're, about they're, five they're, teams. They're, they're, I mean, they're just five behind Chicago, who's the first team to catch. Yeah. So even even if you look at just passing Chicago, that's a week of the Oilers never losing and a week of Chicago never winning. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough if if you look at that. But there's, I think the last four games have been encouraging. I I, I mean. I, I didn't think they played bad in Nashville. Quite frankly, they they lost two one. I thought they fought back after falling behind. They got that funny goal against mm-hmm. off Larson's face, and then bad start in Arizona controlled the rest of the game. And then you know Vegas, they went toe to toe and fought back against a pretty good team. Vancouver is a team that is struggling after a good start, but I, I mean the the reality of the situation is. I mean you can't lose more than what ten games in regulation, maybe maybe at the most. No, they, you have they a need cha- points. I mean, thirty-five. So yeah, I, I think right now in the Oilers' dressing room, they're looking at one game. That's it, Buffalo. 
and they get through that, they're going to look at yeah. the next oh, game. Oh, team-wise, yes, it's, it's a total cliche for the team, one game at a time. It, it's a cliche, but it's the truth. It is true. It, it yeah. is, because when you look at the standings and you look how far you're down, because it, the way you look at it, if we were to look in the Eastern Conference right now and say, okay, the Ottawa center, Centers are, what, 12 points out. Okay, what's, what's a team that's 10, 12 points well, out? Well, Montreal's nine out. Yeah, and we're like, and we're, because we're not in that market, there's no chance the Montreal Canadiens are making the playoffs. But because you're in your own market, you believe. Well, you might as well hope. Yeah. What's well, the fun in giving up? <laughs> well, no one does. I mean, that's why these guys are where they are in the National Hockey League. And every once in a while, a miracle happens in sports. And it has to, for a miracle to happen, there's got to be something really bad that went on before they get that chance to have their miracle. So the others need to do it one at a time. They've got a chance here on this stretch of games because they're playing teams that they can and should beat. And it starts with a game against a, a uh, well, honestly, a bad Buffalo team on Tuesday night. A bad Buffalo team that's going to come in, hopefully. Well, well they, I would play hope. Mon- they play Monday. Oh, so, oh, so they, Calgary's going to get the even. Oh, there yeah. you go. So yeah. that's even better for the others because that'll be the bounce back game against the Calgary Flames. And then they'll see Buffalo the next night, hopefully a little tired and banged up. It's such a year of extremes for the Oilers. If someone, if, if, if 10 minutes before the home opener against Calgary, somebody would have said, okay, on January 20th, their penalty killing is going to basically be 70%, you would have said, well, they're probably going to have like 11 wins. Yeah. <laughs> right? But if somebody would have said they're going to be 9-2 and two in the Pacific Division, you would have probably said, oh, they're probably in first place in the Pacific Division. Instead, they're 21-23-3, they're and 9-2 and, uh, and two in the division is, is pretty incredible. You know, they beat Vegas twice. They've beaten San Jose. They've beaten Calgary twice. Those are the top three teams in the division. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so and, and just, guess what? They're going to have to keep beating those teams in the gonna division. They're going to have to, like, yes. you know, win virtually all those games. So they'll keep chipping away. We're going to keep chipping away with your calls and post-game reactions. 780-496-0063-52. The Oilers take it tonight. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. Five-game homestand for your Edmonton Oilers starts with a 5-2 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. Jesse Pugliarvi, the star of the game, he gets a goal and two assists. So with Ryan Nugent Hopkins out five to six weeks, with cracked ribs, one guy who had the spotlight on him coming into this game because now you know he's going to play center probably for all that stretch, and he also got moved on to the first power play today was Ryan Strom, who obviously has been having a, a, a tough year, and, uh, you know, with the, everything Eberle is doing, that obviously makes it uh, even even tougher on him because he's hearing about that all the time. Strom tonight with Kara and Camilleri. I thought they had some good moments. Camilleri had a couple really bad giveaways, obviously one that led to a 2-1-0. The thing I liked about Strom tonight, and McClellan said this before the game, was he's got to get to the blue paint and get over top of the puck. He did that. Mm-hmm. Got to finish. Well, he was getting over top of the puck, and then he's putting the puck over top of the net. Right. And, and sometimes you try to get be a little too fine. Uh, as a goal scorer, uh, you're... When you become too fine, you, you you lose the instinctive part of what you what made you successful as a goal scorer. You got to just put the puck on net. Pucks go through goalies sometimes. They never go in the net when they're a, you know three four inches above the crossbar. He had a number of golden opportunities today, and it's one of those things. If one of those goes in, maybe this is a two goal night for him. 
Maybe then he scores next game and it's three in two days. But now instead you go home thinking, I, I wasted some good chances. Because as we've seen in the National Hockey League, I don't know what the average is for grade A scoring chances, but unless your name is McDavid or, or Crosby or Malkin, you're not getting two or three golden opportunities each and every night. Sometimes you'll get one, and you might not get another one for two or three games. So when you get one, you have to take full advantage of it. And, and it's good as an offensive player when you get the opportunities. It means that you're in the right place and you're doing the right things. But when you don't get it, or if, when you don't put the puck in the net, sometimes your confidence wanes, and that's when you try to be too finite with, too fine with what you're trying to put the puck, and that's where you waste opportunities. Oilers win 5-2. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Robert to the show. Good evening, Robert. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Doing very well. Well, I have a couple thoughts tonight. My first one is on uh, the play of Foley-Arvey. I thought, I thought this was easily Foley-Arvey hands down his, his best game as an NHLer. Well, what do you guys think about that? Completely yeah. agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he was very good. And, and the biggest thing is he just looked confident out there. He wanted the puck. There was times last year he looked nervous. He looked tentative. He moved the puck to others hoping that they would make the play. Tonight he wanted to be the guy with the puck on his stick. And the guys on the team wanted him to have the puck because every time he touched it, it seemed like it was magic. Yeah, and on my, on, uh, my second thought would be on the, on the play of Nurse, I thought, Oh, I thought I thought he looked decent on that on on the power play, but I mean I think like you guys said it's the word the work work in progress. But no, and I thought Talbot was good tonight too. The, I didn't see I didn't see a whole lot of whole lot of rust on from Talbot. No, and I thought also no they uh, the guys uh, the guys look good, especially coming off a of bye week. They they limited they li- limited the number of a uh, number of mistakes and it paid off. Well, I'm glad you brought up the power play, which. You know, we, I guess we got to be a little picky still, even though they, they won tonight. It was, where's the percentage here? 15.4% coming in tonight, 27th in, in the league. Obviously a huge drop-off from uh, from last season. So the first unit started the game. Nurse, McDavid, Strom, Lucic, and Dreisaitl. Maroon re, re, uh, replaced Lucic a little bit later on. And that first unit, uh, especially on that one in the third period, like I said, Rob, boy, they they passed it (laughs) around. And, you know, we all joke and and fans even make fun of themselves sometimes about yelling shoot. But (laughs) they were yelling it. My God. Like, (laughs) well, when you're a penalty killer. And you and we used to have uh, penalty killing meetings and all the teams you're at and you're in a room and you watch video. The one thing they they stress and they push and they harp on you is keep everything to the outside, keep it to the outside. Let them pass it around. Keep it to the outside. We'll be okay. So what, when you're moving the puck on the outside, it looks pretty, and they made some wonderful passes. But you're doing the job of the penalty killers. You're making it so much easier for them. It's when it comes into the blue paint, when you start attacking, is when it makes it difficult. Now you got to make a decision. But when the puck's on the outside, it's so easy for the, the penalty killers because it goes here. So A goes to B, B goes to C, C goes to D. Now they go back the other way. Okay, D to C, C to B, B to A. And, and, you're, not, and you're not tiring them out. They don't have to think. They don't have to, there's no uh, second guessing, is that my guy? What if I go with my, uh, and I leave my guy because he's been beat, he's attacking, I got to be in the right spot here. So it's simple. Uh, There wasn't enough shots from the back end. 
and you've got either Lucic or Maroon. You've got two big men in front of the net. You've got to put pucks on net, and then you all attack. When the puck starts going to the net, it's not just shooting for the man who's standing in front. The two outside guys now have to attack the net too and look for high rebounds. So the Oilers, again, there was some nice things about it. But it, and Bob actually too, one thing that the teams are doing now, they're trying to put the push when you're coming up on the breakout, they're trying to push McDavid or Dreisaitl or whoever it is, they're pushing towards Lucic's side. And they said, all right, we're going to take you away. We're going to see if Lucic can make a make the play. And two or three times they got caught on that. Puck goes back down. And there's nothing more depressing for a power play when you waste 30 to 40 seconds coming up the ice, dump back down, coming up the ice, dump back down. So the power play could have made a bigger difference in this game. Fortunately, it wasn't needed. Yeah, and then the, the second unit replaced the first unit, and I'm, I'm more specifically talking about that third period power play because yep. that was the one where they actually entered the zone more efficiently. Yep. And, and so then you had Lucic out there with Camilleri, Latestu, Kajula, and Clefbaum, and they actually at least got the puck to the goal mouth a couple times. Lucic just one time took a slap shot, and Latestu at one point. And I, and I, and I understand, you know, Latestu's not a, not a sexy player. This year his power play production has been nowhere near last year but he's on there because he shoots because sometimes he just says the heck with it I don't care <laughs> where I am I'm just going to try to try to get it there and he and, he and Lucic did that tonight and, and when they're shooting they're I mean obviously they're hoping the puck goes in the net but they're shooting to create havoc to create chaos in front of the net uh, it, it could hit a skate it could hit a stick it could hit a shin pad the goalie makes saves then now you're in there and it's a battle in the blue paint that's where you want to fight the battle you have a you have an odd man advantage Fight that odd man advantage out within five to ten feet of the net. Don't take advantage of it by being out at the far up the blue line or against the boards. That's where the penalty killers want you. So yes, shoot the puck. And when you shoot the puck, chaos chaos ensues. And now all of a sudden, maybe that puck bounces in the right direction and you get a wide open shot. And that's it. It wasn't on the power play, but the the one where Larson throws the puck on net. Simple play. He's got two bodies in front of the net. The puck bounces off something wide open to PRV to put the puck into the net. And that's five on five. Think how much more effective that can be if you start doing that consistently when you are in a five on four. Oilers 0 for 3 on the power play tonight with four shots on goal. They do win 5-2 over the Vancouver Canucks. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. One of the stories that broke this afternoon was TSN's Bob McKenzie tweeting out that Paul Coffey is set to join the Oilers organization. Head coach Todd McClellan commented on that after tonight's game. No, Paul, uh, you know, we'll have an official announcement tomorrow, but it's not a, a very well-kept secret. Paul will be joining our organization. Um, in my mind, he's been part of our organization, you know, since he played here. He's been around and, and very supportive, but he'll be joining it in more of a, an official capacity. Uh, Peter and I and, and the organization talked about bringing uh, a guy in that can help uh, not only us here, but throughout the whole organization, um, the players in Bakersfield, as well as some of our junior prospects with uh, skill development and um, in particular the back end uh, we've got three valuable prospects in uh, in uh, Bakersfield we've got a young set of defensemen here that uh, you know could use another set of eyes and and uh, we don't have any problem picking his brain as a coaching staff as well so you'll see him around here you'll see him in Bakersfield um, you may see him around some of the junior teams with uh, with uh, some of the kids but uh, there'll be more on all of that tomorrow Okay, so we expect uh, more of a formal announcement tomorrow, although I think Todd McClellan pretty much outlined what that, what that announcement will be. 
I, I guess we don't know what the official job will be. Sounds basically like player development with, with an <laughs> emphasis on, on defense. Well, you've got a Hall of Famer who wants to hang around and help out. You're going to say, absolutely. I played with Koff for, for a few years in Pittsburgh. Great guy. Uh, a, a wonderful student of the game. He understands it. And if you can just think about a, a young kid down in, in the minors. And, yeah, you know what? Paul Coffey's going to come today, and he's going to sit and watch some video with you, and then we're going to go out on the ice. He's going to teach you a few things, maybe go for lunch afterwards, and, and you can pick his brains about things. I mean, that, that would be like in, in my era, all of a sudden, you know, Bob, you going to stop by today. Do you mind if he sits and talks to you for a while? Or if back in the, if Wayne Gretzky stops, I say, you know what, Connor, Wayne wants to sit with you, or Leon, do you want to hang out with Wayne and, and talk about things that he sees in your game? You're going to take full advantage of that. Uh, there's so many organizations that can't, um, can't throw at you the Wayne Gretzky's who's part of the organization, the, the, the Paul Coffey's who is now part of the organization. You, you look at people who have had success before, you bring them into the fold, and you help them mold and help them teach and help them answer questions from these young players that want to get to the next level and want to take their game to a higher level. It's 11:27. The Oilers have beaten the Vancouver Canucks 5-2. Tonight, our face-off trivia question was a beauty. Which former Oilers defenseman is now the head coach of the UBC men's hockey team? I didn't know the answer, but I know I played with that player. Sven Butenschon. I don't. I can't remember what I'm, <laughs> memory because I've been knocked around so much. I can't remember where I played with Sven. I don't know if it was in Chicago or Kalamazoo or Pittsburgh, but I played with him somewhere. And he was tall. I don't know you and Bob were talking. He was tall. He was a great guy. Sven was a great guy. And uh, good to see that he's running an organization. And I wish him all success. UBC's third in Canada West. It's pretty good. Which is almost like being first because Alberta and Saskatchewan pretty much finish one, two every year. Jane knew that. She gets a $50 gift card to Buffet, Buffet Royale Carvery from Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. By the way, U of A beat Regina 4-2 tonight. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll bring Gary onto the show. Hey, Gary. Hey, greeting, Rob. Reed. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Good evening to you. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm not giving up on this team. I think most Oilers fans will not, uh, unless they're math, math, mathematically uh, no way that they're going to make it. Make it, but they still have hope. Uh, they got to go on a run here, obviously. So we'll start after coming on this bye week. Uh, it's good to win against Vancouver tonight. Uh, this point again, in regards to letting a, uh, a power play go in, uh, the Canucks are scoring, but they have to find a way to, to resolve that, especially at home here. Um, Power play, you guys touched a little earlier. Um, too much moving the puck around on the on the outside. Uh, they got to get the puck to the middle. They got to get shots in the neck, get the big bodies in there, you know, and uh, just create a lot of chaos like uh, uh, Rob mentioned earlier. Uh, use their strength. That's their strength, the size of the forwards and then uh, the skill in the front of the net too, right? Uh, too much outside passing. That's the problem. They're killing a lot of time that way in the power play. Well, absolutely. Yeah, that's we agree wholeheartedly that that's uh, too much. Well, there's nothing wrong with moving the puck on the power play, but not for the entire two minutes. No. <laughs> well, I'm exaggerating, but it was getting close after after a while. Oilers win 5-2 tonight. Uh, special teams continue to be our hopeful adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers 
penalty killing tonight went two for three, which means on home ice the percentage will go up because <laughs> it was 55% coming in. That, that shows you that you've had a lack of success when you're 66% at something and you're getting better by quite a bit. So, well, I mean, and I mean, it, it didn't hurt them in the game, but again, it was uh, just not. You can't keep giving up power play goals against mm-hmm. on home ice. It eventually is going to haunt you, and it has haunted the Oilers too many times this year already. 5-2, the Oilers take it over the Canucks. We'll bring Scott onto the open line. Hey, Scott, thanks for staying up and giving us a call. Hey, guys. Um, not sure if you addressed. Uh, I got a few questions here, but I uh, uh, just wanted to say um, assessment of Clefbaum. You know, like, what is the biggest difference for him between last year and this year? Like, to me, it just sounds like every game it's, you know, Clef Clef pinched again and again and again. Did he pinch this much last year, or is it on him or the team for the lack of communication between him and the forwards? Um, I think tonight, uh, Rob talked about this in the second intermission. I think tonight was a forward. I think there have been some instances. Uh, I mean, I'm going way back here, the, the game against Carolina. Mm-hmm. There was one on the road trip, I think, Rob. I think there it's a mix, but there's definitely been some time it's been him just, I, I think, pressing a little too hard. Okay. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I guess just kind of what you touched on with the assessment of, of Paul Coffey maybe joining the organization. Like, do you think it'll be more as, a, like, an advisor capacity, or do you, would they give him a title of assistant coach? I just I feel like Todd McClellan's, you know, he's, he's got a his technique group. Like, would, would it be more like a mentorship opportunity? In all honesty, for us to say anything would just be guessing. I mean, they're going to announce it tomorrow. Well, he won't be an assistant coach. No, no, he wouldn't think, but I mean, we can't say positively eventually if that happens, but I mean, oh, I, I tomorrow, would... Tomorrow no, he's not going to no, be an assistant no, coach. So, no, but I mean, I think tomorrow we wait and see what the announcement is and, and go with that. I think that, I mean, we could guess, but I mean, then we'd be guessing wrong or, or whatever. So I say wait. I think in whatever capacity you can have someone of Paul Coffey's stature in your organization helping your team, uh, you you jump at the chance, and I think that this is going to be a good thing for the Oilers. Um, and then yeah, sorry, just last question. Um, regarding the power play, I, I know it's been talked about so many times, but um, just maybe your thoughts on putting Strom on the first, you know, the power play instead of Poliarvi at this point. Like, is Todd McClellan's coaching mentality? Do you think is based off players earning the right to be there? I just feel like at this point in the season, with you know the season on the line playoff-wise and maybe it's out of scope, but, you know, wouldn't you want to go with the hot hand, per se, at this point, or do you think Todd's maybe a little too conservative? Um, I mean, I, we, we've talked about it a lot. I'd have Pugliarvi on my first power play unit now. We've talked about it. I, I, I don't know the reasoning. I, I, I think that it's, we've, talk, we've heard Todd talk about it. They don't want to put too much pressure on this kid. Just keep heaping it on. They like the way that he's progressing. Um, I think they're not blind to the fact that he is playing as well as he is, that he does bring a dynamic to the power play that uh, the Oilers could certainly use. I, I think that the, the where the play that or the place that Strom played, he's kind of the bumper. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that is something that Pugliarvi will become when he gets onto his first unit or second unit wherever he goes. You want him as your shooter, and Strom is more of the guy bumping, and that and that's a pressure. I mean, they like veterans in that role simply because you mess that up, it's going the other way as a two-on-one. 
So it's better to have a veteran there. But I do believe that he will eventually get there. And personally, I would have him on my first power play unit because he does possess the wicked one-timer. And the way he's playing right now, he, he deserves that shot. I think one thing we've seen with McClellan in, in two and a half years and with a lot of coaches is is they're big on trust. They might say, well, this guy has more raw potential or skill, mm-hmm. but I don't quite trust him there yet. But I, but I think Pugliarvi's Pugliarvi's earning it pretty quickly. Good question, though. Scott, are you our finish the play guy today? I think you are. You ready? I believe I, believe I am, yes. Okay, we want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, courtesy of Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. Here we go. Then over to Lucic. He'll hook it behind the net for Drysaddle. This line showing some chemistry. Pugliarvi, one-timer. Larson rattled it off the far post, and the rebound rimmed hard off the right-hand glass. All right, Larson, the centerpiece of that highlight, he was taken fourth overall in the 2011 draft. Who was taken fifth overall? Right behind Larson, and they're both now Oilers. Oh, wow. Um. He was taken by the New York Islanders. Oh, uh, Strom. Absolutely, buddy. Thanks for calling. Stay on the line so uh, Patrick can get your info, okay? Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. We got uh, Chris, Eric, K-Jam, I think Terry as well on the line. We'll get everybody in. Oilers take it 5-2 this evening. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Edmonton Oilers 5, Vancouver Canucks 2. The Oilers led it 2-0 after the first, 3-2 after 2, and then 5-2 your final. Jesse Puliyarvi, a goal and two assists. Patrick Maroon, two goals this evening. The Oilers have won three straight. They'll try to make it four against the Buffalo Sabres on Tuesday. You'll hear from Puliyarvi after we talk to Chris at 780-496-0063. Hello, Chris. Hey guys, uh, I just have some reservations about uh, Paul Coffey coming off board. Trying to, I don't know if you guys talk to him. He was my favorite player growing up, so it's kind of hard for me to have this viewpoint. But just, it's kind of hard seeing him brought in. It kind of brings back uh, bad memories of the old boys club and you know things like Kelly Bookburger, who last with four coaches, and, and maybe Daryl Cage making the call to draft uh, Neil Yakupov. So. Um, is there a chance maybe the McClellan um, took the McClellan uh, was in Detroit when uh, Coffee was there? Does he at least have that kind of relationship with him? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, I, 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 I knew we were going to get that question about the old boys club for sure because uh, obviously that was a huge criticism when the, the team was doing poorly. From what it sounds like, you know, Paul Coffey's, uh, I know McClellan was in Detroit. 10 years after Coffee played there. <laughs> um, you know, the way McClellan described it is he's going to be around to help players in the to help specifically defensemen in the NHL in Bakersfield and, and in junior. I, I don't think he's coming in here to start making trades or look over anybody's shoulder. No, and, and this is what you want. You want someone that has played the position that's going to be able to talk to these young kids and help them through times and tell, tell them, here's what I did, here's what you can do, here's what I see. And I think that the biggest thing, the best players in the, in the world, the best players that have ever played, when they watch a game, they see things that other people don't. And now that they can sit down and talk to you about it, it it's going to make, uh, it just helps so much. And, and it's a, something that you can just 
add to, to, to your coaching staff, add to your organization uh, a skills coach, a defensive skills coach that's going to see your guys in junior, going to see your guys in the minors. And if it's just one tidbit that those players are able to pick up and make them better, well, you've succeeded. So uh, I, I think it's a good thing. And, and as you say, Reed, it's not like uh, they're not adding old boys network to come in and Kate, we're no, all. If he were, if if they were firing the assistant coaches and making him the assistant coach, I think I'd be like, "Whoa, what's what's going on?" He hasn't been coaching anywhere, but it's it's a it's a very specific and I think as needed capacity. By I the agree. Well, I mean, you look at all the other sports; they all they all the other sports have. You got the pitching coaches, hitting coaches, the defensive coaches in baseball and football, the wide receivers coaches, defensive coaches, the linebacker coaches. So here, hockey has been the slowest to get to that. But you're seeing more and more teams have skills coaches. And I don't know if you're going to find many defensemen that ever played the game that was more skilled than Paul Coffey. So how you cannot take full advantage of having him around and and traveling and seeing your young players, uh, to me it's just uh, an added bonus of playing in the Edmonton Oilers organization. If you're a defenseman, you're going to have a little one-on-one time with one of the greatest that ever played. Oilers win 5-2 tonight. Huge game for Jesse Pugliarvi. Let's hear from him, courtesy of GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL Diesel in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. How much fun is a night like tonight for you when you're going so well? Uh, yeah, fun night. Uh, good win, and, uh, and we, I think all, all uh, team play good, and we, we line good too. Yep. Was this one of your better games? Do you feel? What? Was this one of your better games? Do you think in the NHL? Uh, yeah. 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 What? How come? Why are you feeling better, Marco? Uh, I think uh, uh, one week rest, and uh, I feel very 100 percent and good. Feel good, and I get little confidence in outdoor ring. Yes, that's that's what we heard. Your line overall, it seemed like you guys had a lot of chemistry tonight. Yeah, I think we we line play good and Trisley and Lucy is very good players and we have a couple of good good yeah. By the end of it, you guys are really whipping the puck around out there. A lot of confidence being shown by all three of you. Yeah, we we tr- try to do that and yeah. The outdoor rink make a difference. What? When you play outside uh, outdoor rink, does it is it different for you? Does it make you feel better? Do you? Uh, yeah, it's always I do that when I'm young and it's a little different eyes and. It's, it's, it's fun go out there and do little skills and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah good for your heart. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Read that, say, yes, you play every. All right, Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room. Yes, he pulled His English continues to improve, and he was a bit of a fun story during the bye week visiting outdoor rinks and skating with uh, some Edmontonians, so that would have been a pretty, I bet, pretty cool surprise. I bet you he was first pick in a lot of those games, too. <laughs> Yeah. I will take Pulley please. Yeah, we'll take the NHLer. That's the six foot three guy in the <laughs> NHL. He'll he'll help us. That would be funny. You know, way, yeah, Jesse, you know what? We got you on the second line. You wait there, yeah. and when we get tired, we'll let you play too. <laughs> you got to earn your way on. By the way, the Oilers got a break tonight on that two on one. Oh, they, huge they did hit break. the lines. But the lines would actually. Acknowledge that to the Canucks on the ice. That doesn't make you feel any better no. as the defenseman, because uh, the, the, the Vancouver is going to keep the puck in, and they were probably they might have been able to create a scoring chance their way, but as soon as it hit the 
referee's foot. That Vancouver defenseman was he. There was nothing he could do. He was flat-footed. Puck got by him, and you saw him. He started skating, looked back at the linesman, like, "Oh, you're getting me a minus right here." Wonderful pass. That was on PRV. Made the great pass across to Drysaddle. And the one thing that we have seen with Leon, Leon can hammer the puck on a one-timer, and he made absolutely no mistake on that one. So when you get an opportunity, when something works out in your favor, you got to take advantage of it, and the Oilers did. Yeah, we don't talk about it as a break if you don't convert no. it. So there you go. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We will welcome Terry to the show. Terry, thanks a lot for calling. Well, gentlemen, you know my uh, phone bill here from Arizona is probably about fourteen thousand dollars by now. But oh, you can call collect six thirty. They'll actually Reed will pay for everything. Just call collect. Say oh, this one's okay. on Reed. All right. Listen, I've got a few things going on. I'm glad to hear that Paul Coffey is on board. Um, he was when I covered the Oilers back in the day. I was working for a little newspaper. Um, he was one of my favorite Oilers. Uh, to me, he's in the top five or six in the entire NHL, you know, along with Gretzky, Mario, and a few other people, and Gordie Howe, um, great hockey player. I don't know what he's going to give them. Uh, you know, a lot of these all-stars, they they, uh, they can't really deliver teaching-wise. I think Gretz was like that in, in uh, Arizona. It didn't quite work out. Um, I wish, I wish that they could uh, bring in a guy like Simpson to work on their special teams. That guy was a genius. If, if, if you look back a few years ago during McDavish's era, uh, he had uh, both he, uh, control of the power play and the penalty killing, and he had them both in respectable, if not enviable, positions. I don't well, know if you can remember, if you can pick that up on that. Well, I think Craig likes his current job. He's pretty good at his yeah. current job. The other thing he talked about with, with, with Coffee coming in, superstars not having success uh, in coaching and stuff like that, it's different being a head coach than it is being strictly a skills coach. It's much easier for, for a player to come and sit down and say, all right, here's, here's what I see about your game. Here's how we can change it. You know, look, if we watch this video, if you would have played it this way or if you would have moved the puck that way, you would have had more success. It's easier for someone to come in and do that than to be the overall head coach overseeing, you know, the forwards, the defense, the power play, the penalty killing, the forecheck, the back check. That's completely different. But just simply on being a skills coach, you want the guys that are the best because they're the ones with the most skill. Oilers win 5-2 over Vancouver. Also on the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard, Dallas whips Buffalo 7-1. Buffalo is here on Tuesday. Flyers knock off the Devils 3-1. The Avalanche win again 9 straight, 3-1 over the Rangers. The Flames' seven-game win streak is done. They lose 2-1 in a shootout to the Jets. The Bruins beat the Canadians 4-1. Boston up to 27-10-8 on the season. Maple Leafs win 4-3 in Ottawa. Hurricanes over the Wings 3-1. Sharks edge the Penguins. 2-1. Arizona stunning the Blues 5-2. Predators over the Panthers 4-3. Islanders down the Blackhawks 7-3. Minnesota wins 5-2 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Oilers farm team, Bakersfield losing 6-1 to Chicago. U of A beat Regina 4-2. That's your advantage trailer rentals out of town scoreboard. I'm so happy to hear from K-Jam. K-Jam, what's going on, old boy? Not much, man. You know, I watched a bit of the game tonight and, uh, uh, I'm so, I'm sorry to say I'm I'm actually looking to hear a little bit more from you. I, I had a question for you guys. It's about cleft bomb. Uh, not to I, I mean I noticed some other callers uh, calling in about him, but 
I have a question because last year might have been the, the first year where I really thought, man, Oscar Kleffbaum has has figured out how to defend in the NHL too. Because Oscar Kleffbaum did a little bit of everything pretty well early on, but he he didn't really have a lot of areas where I thought he was super excelling. And then last year, everything sort of went into overdrive. And this year, obviously, we know he's, he's dealing with some stuff. But, you know, I'm, I, I get the, the sense that it's, it's upper body with Clef. And, and so that leads me to think, you know, well, hopefully we should be getting more of what we had last year in the defensive zone. And I, I don't know if I, I, I've decided yet, but I think it's fair to ask the question, is, is Clef Bomb really – you know, good at defending in, in the in the defensive zone, or or was that just a uh, he had so much confidence last year that it seemed everything was going for him? Because I'm not sure if in years prior I would have really called him a, a really strong defensive defenseman. Oh, a good question. I think that uh, it has not been a, a stellar year for for Oscar. I think that through injury, through a, a lack of confidence, and sometimes through bad decisions, his. His game hasn't been where it was last year. I think the positive that you got out of Clefbaum was the offensive ability that he had, the big shot. Uh, what, what did he have last year? He had double digits goals. Was it 12, 13? 12, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that, that's that's good for, for a defenseman. And it's when you are scoring 10 to 12 to 10 to 15 goals as a defenseman, sometimes you overlook uh, defensive lapses because there's very few in the NHL that are good at both in the offensive and defensive end. Uh, I think sometimes when you your offense dries up, then all of a sudden you start pointing out the mistakes that are made in your own zone a little bit more. Uh, I think Clefbaum is best when he simplifies his game in his own zone. I think he's best when he makes safer decisions than when he tries to make the high-risk high, you know, type of decision uh, pinch or, or, or decision where I'm going to pass the puck through here, hoping it gets there. If, if, if it does, it's going to be a great play, but if it doesn't, oh, oh, we're in trouble. So when he simplifies his game, he's very good and, and can be an effective defenseman, but a lot of it for young defensemen, a lot of it for young players is confidence. When your confidence is high, you, your play is better. And I think Oscar Clefbaum's confidence has not been where even close to where it was last year, and the play hasn't been as near, near as close as it was last year as well. Oilers win 5-2 over Vancouver. Leon Dreisaitl finished with a goal and an assist. Here's Leon for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. It's now gaining some impact in the game. How, how does that make you feel? Uh, I think everyone's really excited for him. Um, you know, obviously, uh, him coming over from Finland, and, you know, I, I can imagine how, how hard it is, you know, not being able to speak the language. And there's so many things that, uh, you know, go into it, but I think he's coming along, and um, you, you, you could see it today. You know, he's a very dy- dynamic player and uh, a lot of fun to play. We compare him a little bit to you. When you came, you were. We follow this pretty good player there, and then you figure some stuff out and turn into a very good player. Can you see the same progression in him? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I think it's hard for him sometimes with the language and everything that goes around. But um, you know, he's learning every day. He's uh, he's got great work ethic, and um, you know, he's he's too skilled not not to turn out uh, into a very good player. This your line as a whole tonight. It really seemed like you guys developed that chemistry quickly and were able to build throughout the game. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I think I've played with both of them before. We played a little bit together in preseason, and we wanted to, to have a good game. And um, 
you know, I thought our, our chemistry was good tonight. And when you guys get down low on the cycle, it seemed like you guys were a handful to handle. Yeah, I think that's 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 uh, the things that we bring to the table, all three of us. I think we all, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're strong guys that like to hold on to the puck, and uh, you know, I think we we did a good job of that tonight. Thanks, Sam. Yep. Read that, Slay on Dreisaitl. All right, thanks a lot, Brendan Ulrich. Work in the Oilers' room, and yes, Dreisaitl, Puliyarvi, Lucic, very strong game, leading Edmonton to the victory tonight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We will bring Eric onto the open line. Good evening, Eric. Hey, good evening. Uh, shout out from uh, Farmington, New Mexico. Uh, my brother just had a baby. We're looking into getting you know, the full team covered. And we just like to say we are actually big fans. You guys actually inspired us to start our own uh, community radio station up in Alberta. And we really uh, watch, uh, listen to you guys' show like nonstop just to get some pointers. And it's really inspiring and uh, great job on you guys and keep it going. And uh, my question is, uh, when do you guys think that the Oilers will actually uh, throw in the towel? I know like they're, they're rooming uh, Patrick Maroon. Uh, might be might be traded by the deadline. Do you think there's a deadline for the Oilers within themselves when they actually trade them and throw in the towel for the season? Um, First of all, thanks. Yes, thank you very much. That's very nice. I, 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 that's an interesting way to put it. I, I don't... Man, throwing in the towel is a pretty, pretty strong term. I think at some I, point they will think is what's they they got to weigh what's more likely to happen. Yes, and and well, what's going to happen is other teams are going to see the Oilers' predicament and they're going to say, okay, yeah, the Oilers aren't making it. Let's make the phone call today. Okay, here's what we're offering. So I don't think the Oilers are going to have to say, all right, we're open for business. I think teams are going to look at the standings as we start going closer to the trade deadline, and they're going to say, well, okay, this team, this team, this team, this team, let's see what they have available because those teams aren't making the playoffs. So then the phone calls will start coming. So I don't think the Oilers are going to have to at any point say, well, you know what, today's the day that we have to start announcing that we're going to start trading players. There's going to be a time when teams start calling and saying, all right, what will it take to get so-and-so? What will it take to get this player? And at that point, the Oilers are going to start thinking, okay, hmm, what kind of trade will make this team better in the long run as opposed to for the next 15, 18 games? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't think the Oilers... I mean, really, it can happen right before the trade deadline. And as you go through February, I mean, you got two California trips. You play Colorado three times. Well, it also... All these teams that you're behind in the standings, so... But it also could, call, could happen tomorrow. Teams right now could say, all right, Patrick Maroon is a player that we need on our team. And we're going to give you guys this much because we want him we need him to get to this level so we don't want him just for a rental for the last 10 12 games of the year because of how tight this this league is because of where we are we need to make that move right now and if peter shirelli looks and says okay wow okay and you're offering what for a guy that's going to leave at the end of the season anyways okay we'll do that so i don't know if there's a certain day where he says i have to make the move i think when the certain trade offer comes up will be the day he decides that's the move we need to make. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you're on hold, we will get to you. You're also going to hear from Connor McDavid. The Oilers have won three straight 5-2 over the Vancouver Canucks. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 Chat. 
Dry settle checked by Delzato. Pugliarvi kept it alive. High slot. Drag move. Beautiful dish to the net. Backhander score. What a beautiful move inside. Pugliarvi to Jujar Kara. And you've got a 2-0 Edmonton lead. Kara breaks a nine-game dry spell with his eighth. And the Oilers up a deuce. Vancouver would come back to tie it 2-2 in the second period. Pugliarvi gets the eventual winner late in the second. Oilers take it 5-2 over the Canucks. Good morning. It is four minutes after midnight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We appreciate you tuning in tonight. And we appreciate Zach holding through the news. Zach, good to hear from you. Go ahead, man. Oh, there's no trouble waiting. I get better reception on the phone than I do... uh and I do when I'm trying to listen through the internet there anyway. So okay. uh, I just I just have, I love the show, by the way. I try to listen uh, uh, every every night, although it has to be Alberta or the West Coast. Uh, but uh, I just have a, a comment and a clarification. Um, my comment is uh, regarding uh, those guys who, uh, who called in earlier from the middle of the lake. Yes, uh, and and you and you asked them uh, where they where they were, and they quickly quickly said they couldn't tell you that. But then when you mentioned that they were fishing, there was a decided pause. And uh, my guess is they weren't fishing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm not, uh, not going to speculate on what they were doing. But uh, and then uh, just a clarification: I managed to get through uh, last week after the Vegas game there. And, uh, and then after I was off the line, got some heat. My comment was, uh, you know, uh, much like what Rob mentioned before the game, where this Vancouver team, you know, we got to have this win. If we don't, we don't get this win, that's, we, we don't deserve to be in the uh, in the run. You know, we've all been quoting Jim Carrey, uh, uh, and, and the same kind of thing. So that's Phoenix and Vegas and and uh, Vancouver. And I took some heat over Vegas is a good team, and I just wanted to clarify that. I, I agree. They're, uh, they're they're running four lines. They got a good thing going. They got a good goalie. But when I look at uh, the eight teams that are in the playoffs, you know, and, and if not that we're going to have a choice, who do I want to play? I uh, would uh, well really like to play Calgary, but not because uh, uh, any other reason uh, because then they're Calgary. But, uh, but on hockey teams, I'd like to play Vegas in the first round. And uh, so that's where I was coming from. That uh, anyway, uh, great show, guys. Love listening from Maui. Right on, Zach. We really appreciate it. That's a cool phone call. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I did check. People are going to hate me. Well, I mean, look, we know what's in. Nobody hates you, Reed. Well, yeah, right. Uh, the uh, last January twentieth. Yep. The 16 teams who were in the playoff spots on yep. January twentieth were yep. the 16 teams who made the playoffs. I, now, now that you said that people are going to hate you, why would you have to say that? That's just cruel. Mean and cruel you are right now. Fair, we'll, enough, fair enough. Yep. <laughs> Let's, we'll look back at this on <laughs> April 7th or whenever the season ends and say, was Reed right or did he just make us depressed for a day for no reason? Uh, I could see Colorado not making the playoffs, and I'm going to be a bit of a troll here. I could see Calgary not making the playoffs. Why are you like that? Well, I don't know that. Colorado, I mean, they are a shocking surprise. They really are. They they, they, they look like they're play, making a trade for the future. They trade one of their best players, probably the second best player on their team, and they really get nothing to help them this year. And they've been on fire. McKinnon's been on fire ever since he lost his running partner in Duchesne. Uh, I shows you they got good goaltending. They 
got a, a superstar McKinnon, and apparently they found a way to win hockey games, and it's nine in a row, I believe. Yeah, now for them. nine in a row. So, but they, it's nine. They've won nine in a row to sneak into a playoff spot. Eventually, that yeah, they have the bu- second wild card. Yeah, that bubble burst, and you, you come back to earth for a little bit, and you find yourself six points out. So, I don't believe that Colorado is a playoff team. I think Minnesota is a much better team than them. I think LA's on the outside too, is it not? They're two points out right so now. So they're another team that I believe is stronger than Colorado. But again, uh, there's always a team that you never would have expected at the beginning oh, of the yeah, season to sure. make the playoffs. And maybe this will be the year that Colorado does it again, like they did a few years ago under Patty Waugh. Yeah. <laughs> did you have a moment there? No, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I had something. Well, it probably wasn't that, wasn't that brilliant. It's getting it's getting late. It certainly Six, is. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Oilers' next game will be against Buffalo on uh, Tuesday. The Oilers' record, by the way, twenty one twenty three and three. Their captain is Connor McDavid, who is flying again tonight. His comments for BDO: first call debt solutions, bankruptcies, and consumer proposals. Licensed insolvency trustees. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I guess. I mean, obviously coming back from breaks hasn't been a strong suit, so to be able to get a win after after a break is, is good. Um, it'll help with their, their break as well, so you know, we'll take it and uh, move on. Where do you think Paul Yervy is in his progression? Like, are we, how much better is he going to get once he figures things out? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the sky is, is as tall as he wants it to be. Um, he's he's a, a guy who's big, skates well, he's confident, got a great shot. Um, go with the puck. Um, I think it all goes back to his size, though. You know, he's a guy who's 6'4", still young, trying to come into his body, and, and um, he'll be that, that, that solid guy on the ice, solid on his feet. Uh, no good in puck battles, good in front of the net. I think, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Thank you. How big was it for you guys to just get that first goal there so quick in the game and sort of settle everyone down? That was good. Uh, it was important to, uh, to to do that. Um, you know, starts is something that we've struggled with at home, so um, I'm able to do that was uh, was good. Thanks, Connor. Read that. It's Connor McDavid. Thanks, Brandon. What I was going to say was I wonder what Matt Duchesne's personal win-loss record is. <laughs> it would not be season. very good. I just quickly did. He Since he went to Ottawa, and I hate to, to pick on the guy, but it's crazy how pretty much when he... I mean, Colorado was doing okay, but they've been doing better without yes. him. Yeah, they have. Uh, Ottawa's won 9 out of 30 since he went there. It's been a tough year for Matt Duchesne. Yeah. A very, very tough year. Yeah. All right, Rob. So, Pooley Yarvey looking good. I, I don't think they'll uh, need to make any lineup changes to face Buffalo on Tuesday night. Uh, Maroon McDavid, Kajula, Dreisaitl, Lucic, Pooley Yarvey, Strom, Kara Camilleri, Packer Inan, you know, comes in, doesn't doesn't play much. I mean, you wonder what's going to happen with Slepyshev. That's another another story, too. I mean, there was a, the Spectre put out the thing a couple weeks ago that he was available through trade, but that's a that's a low return if you're dangling Slepyshev. No, I mean, you're more or less moving him for the sake of moving him. You're not looking for something really big in return. Uh, I thought Pac Renner was fine. Uh, he, he actually, he rifled one off the crossbar from an absolutely yeah. horrible angle. Horrible angle, and he somehow beat the goalie, crossbar and out. I thought he was physical. Pacarinen, to me, is your prototypical fourth-line player. He knows his role. He's a pretty good penalty killer. He's not afraid to get it on the forecheck, and he certainly is not afraid to shoot the puck. Every time he has an opportunity to put the puck on net, he does, and he has a pretty good shot. So I thought Pacarinen was fine tonight. 
All right, Oilers win at 5-2 over the Vancouver Canucks. They've won three straight. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. So that next game against Buffalo Tuesday night, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7. The Oilers are scheduled to practice tomorrow morning at 11, and we expect more on the uh, Paul Coffey situation. Todd McCullen did say he'll be coming on board as uh, some sort of a uh, player development capacity to work with young defensemen within the organization at all levels, junior, AHL, and NHL. So keep it on uh, 630 Chet tomorrow and on our website for more on that. Thanks to our studio producer, that is Patrick Bauer. Thanks to our engineer here at Rogers Place, that is Troy Bowler. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. It's 12 minutes after midnight. Hope you have a great Sunday ahead of you. Oilers down the Canucks 5-2. Talk to you soon.